Welcome to Built to Scale, the only podcast that provides weekly quick, actionable, and effective tips for home services companies like yours. Let's start increasing your leads, boosting sales, and scaling your business, starting now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our show, The Risen for Home Services Show. I am your host, Jeff Lambert. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of making sure that you document properly how you want things to be done at your services company. You have a specific way that you want to do things, and you have to make sure that you can put that down in a way that the rest of your organization can really understand and be able to follow through with. So to discuss this topic today, I'm joined by two individuals that I know very well that you're going to get to know very well as we move on through this show. First off, we have William Avila, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Risen. Will, welcome to the show. Thank you. And we also have our Project Manager at Risen, Rossi Peralta. Rossi, thank you for joining us today as well. Thank you. Good morning. So, folks, before we get into the, the main part of our show today, we want to just explain to you, since this is our first episode, what you can expect when you tune into these shows. We're going to follow a specific format, and the format we're using is completely designed around your schedule. We want to make sure that you can get the most important things immediately, and then if you have the time, of course, we want you to stay for our entire conversation. And please keep in mind, too, that we will be uploading this as a on-demand option as well if you need to come back and take a look or uh, want to share any parts of what we are discussing today, you'll have that option once this live broadcast is over. So before we get into it, Rossi, can you share with the audience a little bit about what's the format we're going to be using for the show? What can people expect when they tune in? Well, this program has three parts. The first one is the growth blueprint. It's our how-to section. We're going to give you three tips you can implement immediately at your company to grow faster. The second part will be the Q&A. We take questions live from the audience members or answer questions you submit us at our email. That's ask at goreason.com. And then at the end, we're going to have an interview. We will discuss the topic more in depth, sometimes with people from Reason like us in this, in this occasion, and sometimes with special guests. Yes. So we are excited to build this out and have different individuals join us in the show, all with the goal of helping home services really continue to grow and scale quickly. That's certainly what we're all about. So today we're going to be talking about documenting your processes, something every business needs to take seriously. And before we jump into how you can do that in an effective way, Will, I'd like you to talk a little bit about why is it important to make sure that you're writing down and documenting the way that you want things to be done at your services organization? Sure. So you know, your business has a lot of moving parts. It's like a car's combustion engine, right? And to keep running, uh, to keep things running smoothly, you'll need all these moving parts to just work well and and, and work well together because if not, the engine will break and it'll basically leave you stranded, right? And, you know, companies that document processes and create standard operating procedures or SOPs, as I learned in the Marine Corps, really are able to grow much faster, safer. They keep the reputation intact and, and build a core of referring clients. It's like a snowball effect that really helps drive revenue long term versus short term. And probably the biggest pro- probably the biggest problem we run into when we 
come into a company is that they built something incredible through sheer hard work, lots of family help, but they can't handle the growth month over month over month. And the business owner is the heart of the business. And if they leave something, you know, something usually bad occurs after, after a good amount of time that they're gone, whether it's a week or two gone. Excellent points. Well, can you talk to us a little bit about, there's got to be some reasons specifically that you can give to our audience why they should take this step. You've talked about the importance. What are some reasons behind what you can see, the results of actually taking time to document your processes? Yeah. So you tell your staff and team what is the best, safest, or even required way to do something. So notice I said required. So a classic example is a garage door spring. So serious injury can occur if a garage door unit is handled wrong, right? Many of us have heard that. So you require these techs to perform a series of, of steps to protect themselves from injury or others for that matter. And you would have these steps in place in your training documented to keep your staff, your staff safe. And another thing is that part of the business is that people come and go. You know, it's, it's just a natural progression of things. You know, these transitions shouldn't send your business into you know, a grinding halt which I've seen when people walk out the door and you want to make sure your company's productivity doesn't go with them by having that job function fully documented. So if you have to go in and, and start sending out invoices because your, your accountant quit because you have everything documented, you can do that. Meantime, you find somebody that will you know, temporarily help you or, and, and, and until you get that full-time help. So, you know, when you document the right way to do something, you also set an expectation within your organization that that's how things will be done. And from that point forward, that's how it's, it has to be done, right? So no more guessing or just going back to the old way, no exceptions. So it really provides that, that core and that strong foundation like a house. Absolutely, folks. That can't be overstated enough. The importance of making sure that you can not only build something that everyone can follow, but making sure because change happens, that things can flow right along as your company grows. People are going to come and go. You have to be able to adjust for those things. Great points, Will. And so now that we've kind of established the importance of documenting your processes, we're going to jump right into our next section, which we are calling the growth blueprint. Now, the growth blueprint specifically is discussing what tips can you take immediately to be able to implement documenting processes in your company. So we have three tips for you specifically on how you can start going about doing that. So Rossi, I'd like to start off with you. Our first tip, I think it's important that we lay out it's important to understand that there's different ways to document what you're doing, your procedures. There's documenting overall processes, and then there's also outlining what Will mentioned, standard operating procedures. There is a difference between the two. Can you clarify that for us? Yes. Processes look at a task from a high level, moving through the general ways to do something. Processes leave the space for interpretation and experimentation. This is great when it comes to innovation, but not so great if you need a predictable outcome. With a process, you, can guarantee, you can't guarantee that you'll get the same results every time. Let's say you're cooking a cake. A process is like the recipe of cooking a, a cake, of making the cake. So it will tell you the ingredients, it will tell you what you need to do step by step, but it doesn't uh, tell you or, or guarantees the result of doing a cake. Let's remember the nail, nail the job. Yeah, you know, they have the processes, but they don't. They can make it as the as the owner. So an SOP 
take the same high-level look as processes, and then dive into its little details. An SOP will explicitly answer the questions who, where, when, what, and how, while a process might only answer hints at some of this. A well-written SOP will always give you the same results. That's because by including all the little details, SOPs remove all the variables, leaving nothing up to chance. An example, then the same cake, let's say the same cake. In an SOP, the document will include information such as who is the responsible of cooking the cake, where is the space created to do it, when it needs to be done, what ingredients you need to, you need to, to have and where to buy them, how you need to do it with details as the temperature of the oven in every step. The goal is to make the process so standardized that anyone can get the same result always. Let's say it's like a McDonald's of cakes, something like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it, Rossi. I agree. And so now that we've outlined the differences between what a standard operating procedure should be used for and documenting processes, I guess, in a, in a wider way, why don't we go ahead and jump into the different ways you can actually format these? So, Will, you have three different methods that people can follow to actually go through what's the harder part, which is standard operating procedures. So there's three ways you can really write information down to help people be able to follow the process that you want them to follow. Can you share those three with us? Sure. So the first method is the step-by-step -step method. You know, this is a common one that we see, right? Building furniture uh, from Ikea. So it takes a one, two, three approach. And uh, you know, each step is going to have its own action written as a clear and concise sentence. And I'm going to give you an example of how to change a garage door spring. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of, of I've, always, I've always been scared of, of this runaway spring uh, hitting me and injuring me, you know, kind of like the visualization that I've always had. So this, mm. is, this is one that is dear to my heart. So something like step one, clamp the door, uh, clamp the garage door to the clamp, right? So, you know, explaining what the step is, maybe is not clear to everybody, unless you're in garage doors, but take a picture, you could do a video of, of what specifically you're discussing when you clamp something down, okay? So then the second step would be loosen the unbroken string. So this is perhaps something that you wanna take a video of, of how to physically loosen the spring and, and, and maybe the, the resistance it's gonna give you back, right? And then step three will be unwind the broken spring using two winding bars, right? So for this step, for sure, you'll need a video. So you have all these different tools available to you and you can just combine it. Now, the advantages of, of this step-by-step -step method is that it makes things simple and easy to follow. The person using the SOP just has to go down the list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, and this is really a good step when there's no decision to be made. This is, this is exactly how you change a spring, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and that's it. So no decision. The, Will, can you talk to us a little about... Can you talk to us a little bit about when you should use the step-by-step -step method more specifically? So it's great. We have the process. It sounds like it's straightforward. When should service owners actually jump into using this specific format? Yeah. yeah like I said, it was when it's something is simple, um, it requires no decision-making, right? Okay. So we have our step-by-step -step method. Second method, the hierarchical method. Can you talk to us a little bit about what this one entails? Sure. So... This is a, this method format uh, uses a top-down approach 
So you start kind of with a big picture and then you look at the big process picture, right? The hierarchical SOPs zoom in and look at the little tiny details. So an example is window installation procedure, right? So you want to outline, outline the why for having this procedure in the first place. For example, it's how you handle situations like uh, broken tile, rotten wood, stucco repairs, or job clean, uh, clean, cleanliness. Uh, and you're generally going to get deep into this process. You, you're going to narrate the entire thing. So one thing that you can do is record yourself explaining everything to a new person. And you don't have to edit everything yourself. You can always find somebody for cheap online out of the country for that. Um, so this, this hierarchical method has the advantages you know, that the format allows you to break down very complex processes and, and into, into bite-sized pieces. That's a great point, Will. Can you talk to us a little bit about overall the best time that you should use this format? When is this better to use than the step-by-step -step method? Yeah, I, I think in this at this stage of, of, of a process, you're going to do it when something is more complex, more than 10 steps, for example, sure. and requires no decision making. So that's when I say you use this one versus the first one. Okay. So we have two ways that you can go about documenting your processes, creating those standard operating procedures. We have the step-by-step -step method. We have the hierarchical method. And now we have our third method, the flowchart method. Will, can you talk to us a little bit about what the flowchart method looks like? Sure. So this format, it leads you to do, it leads you to work through a, a certain instance based on the given circumstances. So not all processes are going to be simple. Sometimes there's variables and the person will have to assess and react in real time. So a good example is how to troubleshoot an air conditioner that won't turn on. It can be many things, right? Uh, think of, you know, this is the thermostat, it's the outside unit, it's the inside unit, it's the power, right? So, so there's, there's going to be a, a series of diagnostic steps and, and, and the, depending on what direction you go, oh, the thermostat is broken. So, you know, just replace thermostat, right? That's an easy fix. Um, but the, the concept is, is uh, I know we showed something, uh, but the concept is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. It's just diagramming all the different scenarios, left, right, what direction do you go, right? And you have to be flexible when you're using the flowchart method. Well, I would think this would work really well in an office setting where you may have somebody calling in or you may have a process that is going to have different outcomes based on the step that they're based on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't, you know, it could be in an office setting, but it could be, like I said, you know, on the field troubleshooting something like uh, an AC that won't turn on. You know, it's, 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 you, could do, you could do this for any process. It doesn't matter how complicated it is, you know, and, and this, this process will require decision making throughout the way. Sure. The flow chart really reminds me of if you're trying to almost create your own story. It's almost like you're setting out like an RPG path for someone where it's, okay, if you run into this, these are the options that you can take. If you run into this, here are your options. It allows a little bit more freedom, I think, for the person who's reading it, the person who's trying to adapt to the process. And that's why it's so important to document it because in a situation where you didn't have this type of documentation, the person would have no clue what to do or what their options were in that situation. So just to recap, Will, we have three different formats that you mentioned that could be used for developing a standard operating procedure. We had the hierarchical method, we have the step-by-step -step method, and of course we have the flowchart method. So now that we've uh, kind of gone through how you can 
uh, document these in different ways. Now we want to get into the right way to be able to write a standard operating procedure because there are steps you can follow to make them effective instead of just writing something down on a napkin real quick before you get out of your truck. There's a, there's a good way to go about this. So Rossi, I'd like you to kind of walk us through our third tip. How can individuals write a successful standard operating procedure and SOP document? Yes. So there are international certifications such as ISO 9000 that detail standardized steps for the creation of SOPs, but this takes time. We prefer to mention basic steps that you can implement in your company from now on. Let's say we have five steps. The step number one, you have to define the goal you want to achieve at the end of the process. For this step, you have to take into account the multiple results you don't want to have at the end. This will help you create a process that will reduce errors. You can take the time to remember what has gone wrong before. That's the step number two. I'm sorry. No, please continue. Okay. And step number two will be choosing a format. As Will said, you have three options, and there's a lot of other options that you can use to create the format of your process. Just pick the one that will work best for you. Then the step number three, the step number three will be tell to your team, especially to the person who uses these processes on a regular basis. Basis. This will help you to refine and test some of your ideas and understand what the person needs to have a better result. The step number four will be write the SOP. It should be written in a way that a person with no previous knowledge of the process can understand and do it. And the, the last step, the step number five, is continuous improvement. You have to review, test, edit, and repeat. You can use softwares like Trenial to write your SOPs and, and have this continuous improvement process. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We've covered how you can go through formatting your standard operating procedures to make them effective, using different ways to be able to communicate that information. And then a five-step process that Rossi laid out about how you can go about from start to finish being able to create that. Now, we're sharing this with you, obviously, in real time. Stay tuned to the end of the episode because we actually have a full document that you can download that has all these steps listed out that will help you create your first SOP. So we've given you three tips on how to go about being able to document your processes and create standard operating procedures. Now we're going to go into the second part of our show where we're going to answer questions directly from our audience that has to do with documenting processes. So we call this section, believe it or not, the Q&A section. So we are very excited that we've, we've gathered some questions to be able to start with. We'd like to remind you, for those of you who are watching, you can submit questions to us and we will feature them on a future episode by simply emailing us at ask at gorisen.com. Very simple way to do it. It's right in the show notes. If you are watching this on demand, we would love to have the feedback with you as we go through. So why don't we go ahead and jump into our first question? Question number one comes to us from Chris. Chris asks, I have developed standard operating procedures for my HVAC installation company, but it's like whack-a-mole to get people to actually follow them. How can I get people to actually follow the SOPs I create? Rossi, Will, what do you think? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, and it's not a, there's not an easy answer. You know, uh, the first thing you need to consider is that you're dealing with people, right? And people have feelings, they have problems, um, they have their, their, their ways, right? Um, 
and people should come before processes unless it's a safety process it's the process before the person for sure um so i would say why yeah i, I would say that you know you, you have to, to just be realistic um about how easily your process is to find is it um is it is it available on, a, on on an iPhone or Android? Uh, is it on a on a on an iPad that they can quickly look at it, right? Yeah. Um, while the processes may be out of date, right? So if you have something that's out of date, why would I look at something that's not up to date? And if something is not up to date, that's a perfect opportunity to get that person to actually help you update the process. So they can send you, hey, these are the changes that we need to make. Um, they can help you with the picture. They could take a video to help you update it. So you use you leverage your team because there's no process that's going to be uh, final um, unless it's gone through many 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 changes um, and things do change right new equipment to install new ways of installing it new ways of programming equipment um, uh, I, another thing I think is um, nobody has the responsibility of mentoring the team um, and policing the process adherence so you know you really want to have uh, somebody that's supervising uh, to ensure that this process is being implemented, right? Uh, you could have a process that's boring, at least to that person. And, you know, you might have the wrong person doing the job duty, right? If it's, if it's boring or, or tedious to, to do some kind of invoicing for your, for your home services company, you, you might not have the right person in the right seat. Um, you know, and that's, that happens a lot, actually. Um, I'd say... Yeah, errors are treated as one-offs. Uh, yeah, you know, not real problems with the process. So if you have the same error happening kind of every now and then, you know, you don't you don't realize that's something in your process that you can address. Those are all good points, Will. You know, and, and thinking about making sure that you're putting the user first, trying to determine what the problem is, because you can't just write it up and say, "Well, they're not doing it." It's important to really think about why they're not doing it. And then, of course, if you have a problem as time goes on, then it has to be addressed. But thinking about the why is important. So you listed some great reasons why someone might not be following an SOP. Can you talk a little bit about what are some solutions that could be put in place if you identify any of these issues as being uh, something that's existing in your company? Yeah, you can have like a, a checklist or a, an approval process that has to be signed or initialed um, when an SOP is complete or as an SOP is being done to document it. You could document it on paper or even digitally. Um, and it'll, it'll, it brings accountability into the process. If you have a paper that you have to actually turn in, right? Um, and, and you want to have somebody uh, check that person, right? Make sure they did it. And then you want to have somebody check the checker, right? So, <laughs> so that's like, a, you know, triple... You know, there, there's there's three eyes on 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 the person on on the on the process on on the job, right? Um, you know, something else that you can do is use Google Calendar and put dates for something that's going to happen once a year, like for example, inspecting a roof or maintenance for a maintenance plan, right? Uh, you know, you commercial buildings sell these uh, have these plans to have people come and inspect the roof and, and, and maintain them, et cetera. So that's something that's recurring, could be documented. Um, but the calendar kind of holds you to to the actual process as well. Sure. And 
Yeah, just 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 an overall sense of of, of ownership, um, you know, with processes instead of everything being top down, right? So that's that's your culture too, um, getting people to to believe and 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 be all in with your processes. All great points. Well, absolutely. There has to be some accountability. People have to have some skin in the game instead of just saying, hey, do this. Well, when do you need it done by? Is there anybody that's going to be checking it to make sure it's done properly? So I know that I'm not just filling something out for the sake of filling it out. And like you said, making it a part of your culture. That's so important. Why are we doing this? This is the question that you need to make sure to answer. So Chris, hopefully those can help you kind of figure out where to start and looking at what you're doing now and how you can improve it over time. So our next question comes from Juan. Juan asked, how can I make my standard operating procedures more engaging for my employees? I want them to read these in depth and follow them properly. Right now, I have everything in binders. There has to be a better way. Well, Juan, there is a better way. And to talk a little bit about how you can make your SOPs a little more engaging, Rossi, do you have any tips on how he can go about starting to do that? Well, even if you have your process in a standardized format for reference, like the binders, you can present it to your employees in a more graphic way to get them to understand them better. You can rely on a designer, or if creativity is your thing, you can show the process with real photographs of each step. Also, if you involve current employees in creating the process, they will feel that they contributed to making it better, and they will be proud to be a part of it and use it. Making overview videos is another way you, to create more engaging SOPs. This should complement, not replace the written version, the binder part, but the goal is to provide multiple ways to consume content for the reader. You'll increase on variety. And also you can ask them, what do you, what you don't understand? How can I help you to understand the part? And, and, and get involved in the process for that too. Rossa, you have kids. I have kids. Will you have kids? You know, as they grow up, we realize very quickly that the best way to help them learn something is to have them do it. You know, you want something to get water out of the fridge. Let me show you how to do that. Uh, if you want to be able to learn how to cook for yourself, I'm going to show you how to do that. And and myself as a former teacher, I've also learned the importance of having kids actually the best way for them to learn something is have them get up front and talk about it, to have them teach it. So I think there's a similar thread here we're talking about where people have to be involved in the process in order to really take ownership of it. And I wanted to touch on another thing you mentioned too, Rossi, because I think when people hear, oh no, I have to make a video to outline a standard uh, operating procedure, I don't have the budget for that. Does it have to be you know, a $2,000 budget video that you're putting in your SOP? No, it doesn't. It's just, it has to be real. And you can involve your employees in that part too. It's just to make them understand the process and be part of it. So it doesn't have to be like a million dollar video for that. You just need to, to achieve your goal. Absolutely. Great point. So hopefully we've helped you, Juan, be able to figure out how you can uh, get it out of those binders and make it a little more engaging for your employees. And we'll take one more question that we've gotten from the audience. Will, uh, I'd like your help a little bit on this one. This question comes from Raul. Ra Raul asks, excuse me, I want to take all of my processes and standard operating procedures that I've developed digital. I have them in physical form right now. What service do you recommend that I use to actually accomplish this? There's a lot of options out there for sure. Luckily, we've been documenting processes for years and years, and we've helped other companies do that as well. So, Will, can you uh, share some information with Raul on what we would recommend to do this? 
Yeah, I mean, so we use Trainual. Uh, we didn't always use Trainual. We we started documenting our processes on a, on a shared document on Google Google Docs. Um, you know, we we did some research and, and we thought it was it's a good tool uh, to be able to to scale as as we kept writing more processes and more processes and more processes. Um, you know, it's a it's a great tool because it has a lot of templates in there to kind of get you started. So you don't, you know, you don't want to necessarily be writing stuff on human resources. Some of that stuff is already in there. Um, departments that, that as you grow, that you'll find that you, you can use their, their existing templates. Um, you know, the search features are good. You know, it really, it allows your team to save time every week by making all your company knowledge instantly accessible, searchable and trackable, all in one kind of interface. You can use it on, on iPhones, Androids, tablets, Chrome, Safari, DuckDuckGo. So, so it's, 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 it's easy to use um, no matter the technology you're using or you're comfortable with or, or your team is comfortable with. Um, and you could build tests also. So that's, that's really cool. So you can quiz people right after um, they do a section and, and, and see if, if you know, they're paying attention, right? Um, you can put in like PDFs, videos, GIFs, etc. cetera. And, and by the way, in terms of camera, this is, this is the only camera that you really need, uh, to be honest. I mean, you can, you can get fancy and professional later on, sure. Um, but, you know, people just need to see it to understand it internally. Um, this is a super high quality camera. Um, the other thing is with Trainial is that you get like a tiered, you have like access to set, you know, sections or it's tiered. Um, so you can have your, your, your processes and manuals by, by, by team. So like the accounting department will have all the uh, processes, the installation department will have their processes. The receptionist will have her processes, you know, how she answers the phone, et cetera, uses the software that you have. Um, you know, you don't you don't have to use Trainial. Um, like I said, it's uh, you can always go back and update it later on. You know, um, the the point is just to start doing it as as soon as possible, like today. And well, on that note too, we we try and keep tips for any size company that we're speaking to. So Trainual is a great option. It does cost money to use. What about for the company that maybe just doesn't have it in their budget to be able to start using Trainual? You, we, we're telling them to start documenting their processes. Are there free options out there for them? I mean, I haven't done any research recently, but um, like I said, a Google Sheet is is a great way to just uh, have a it, it, and Google Sheets for maybe those of you who aren't familiar. Um, if you use G Suite as your to send out your emails, it has inbuilt a web based a web version of, of of documents so all your all your documents are in the cloud like instead of microsoft word being on your computer physically um sheets is just in the cloud and then microsoft also off offers a similar service uh for uh cloud documentation so i think those are the two best if there's other softwares out there i mean you could just research them any uh, you know the free ones out there and, and I, of course you know how how free are they based on the features uh maybe entry level might be free but yeah, that's an excellent point. Well, I think overall we have to think about, you know, what fits and what may work for you now. You can always scale later as you grow, which obviously we're committed to helping you do. So to the people that 
submitted questions. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support and your involvement in the show. And hopefully we've been able to give you real world everyday examples to help you implement these. So that concludes our Q&A portion of the show. Now we're going to move into the final section of our show, which is where we share our thoughts specifically with our experience in documenting processes, using SOPs, talking about some of the clients that we've worked with to give you some real world, real life, I guess you could say experience when it comes to doing these things. So I'm going to open up the forum, this round table here to the both of you to answer as you have insight into it. Why don't we start off by talking about on your day-to-day, Rossi, Will, you both document a lot of processes on a day-to-day basis. Which one do you find yourself using more? Do you create more processes that are, uh, you know, kind of big scope picture where it's not as detailed, or do you find yourself developing standard operating procedures more? Which one's the more common? Well, for me, as an industrial engineer, I use processes even in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, for, for the company, I recommend a combination of them both because it depends on the needs and the results you want to achieve. If you want to make sure the result is always the same or better, then choose to create an SOP instead of just a process. If the process is simple and, and you just want to, to tell everyone how to do something, you can use just a process. But you, the, the thing is you need to start now, as Will said, because things get bigger, and if things get bigger, you won't have time to create a from the beginning. That's a great yeah. point. I would. Start, what about you, Will? I I use, yeah. I create both equally. Um, maybe I, I write a lot, a lot of step by step processes. Like, uh, for at least for for my function, um, it's very step by step. Um, but yeah, it's it's really both, and it depends on the business. Um, you know, they're they're meant to be used uh, hand in hand. They work together. So mm-hmm. both. Absolutely. Do you both have a favorite type of standard for standard operating procedure format that you like? Do you find yourself using the flowchart method or the step-by-step? What's uh, your favorite tool to use? For me, the flowchart is the best one because I'm a, I like to see, I'm visual and I like to see how things go. So I have like three formats called for flowcharts. So <laughs> all my okay. are in it's my it's the best way to see it i i would say i use uh step by step a ton um i uh, the hierarchical i i also do a, a good amount of, of documentation there you know the the flow chart i actually don't use as much um maybe it's uh well actually i, I do i i'll, I'll doc i'll do it on paper i'll draw it out um yeah. there's tools out there to get the visualization um up on on, on your cloud or, or however you want to do it. So I, I think that just, you know, get a piece of paper and draw little circles and draw the lines, you know, start there with a pa- with paper, like I said, like I use, um, yep. because that's how my brain works. I'm, I'm working on learning some softwares just to be a little bit more efficient. Um, but, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to learn like some, some flow chart creating software. No, um, you don't have to. No. And also yeah. the, the part that I love about the flow chart is that it makes you, uh, realize what will be the possible uh, solution. So you can have a lot of ideas. It's like brainstorming in a chart. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yep. uh, I, I love it for that part. Absolutely. You know, and this is a callback to what you said earlier, Rossi. It's really important to make sure that you are working within, you know, 
with the realization that you're starting. You want to go back and revise your operating procedures on a regular basis, and you want to include your crew in that. So if your starting point isn't perfect, that's okay. If it's written down on a piece of paper or if it doesn't include all the steps that you can think, the point is to write it out, test it, revise it, and keep going back to it because that's the only way it's going to improve. 100% both of you, I, I would agree completely. Let's go to our next question. Can you tell me a little bit more in your own life? Can you think of a time when you created a standard operating procedure and it made your life easier? <laughs> well, for me, the one that was like, wow, why, why I didn't do this before? The onboarding process for new clients, you want to have new clients like all the time. So uh, if you don't create like a, an onboarding process that it's easy and, and everybody knows what to do in, in, in what part to do it, uh, it's really hard and, and, and it affects the experience of the customer. So when we created the onboarding process for new clients, it was like, oh my God, they felt so comfortable with the, with the process and we... We, we, we knew what to do in, in, and when to, to talk to the, to the client. So after we did that, it's like a life-changing process. Will, what about you? Anything jump out? Yeah, um, anything technical. You know, I, 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 I do a lot of technical stuff, um, you know, setting up like call tracking or Google Analytics and you know, all these things, you know, require a lot of steps. And you know, many years ago, when I started documenting how to do this, so I can, so I can, somebody can help me uh, do these tasks. That really was was a game changer for me uh, because, you know, actually, wow, I've, I've been documenting processes for over at least fifteen years. You know, and mm. anything difficult and technical um, that that is going to require a lot of my time, and like I, I may have to figure it out, right? You, you know, and you as a as a business owner, it may may take time, you know, to create a very detailed uh, process SOP documentation for something important in your business. It's critical, but by by getting it out of your brain and, and putting it down there, it's it's really, you know, it's it, it's really going to just um, allow you to to remove yourself from that task in the future. Good point, Will. Absolutely. Why don't we go to one more question, ladies and gentlemen? Can you tell me a little bit why, you know, we've worked with a lot of clients in the home services space. We've really been able to see the companies that are using this to their full extent and some that aren't at all. In your experience, why aren't more services companies documenting their processes and establishing standard operating procedures? What are the roadblocks? <laughs> For me, as, uh, as working on a company too, the time and ignorance it sounds harsh, but if you, if they knew how much work time and even money it reduces having defined processes, they will do it from the beginning. So it's nice. one of the issues. And one of the benefits of tuning into the show is we're showing you how to be able to start this process. And we have a special gift at the end, so hang in there uh, to be able to help you even do that even further. Will, can you think of a reason that pops out to you? Why why are companies not doing this more? Where, where are the roadblocks? Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, we we ran into these these roadblocks initially ourselves, right? I mean, I didn't write every process. I'm not in every department, you know. And, and it's really about just creating that culture uh, of of documentation and and ingraining it, right? So what we did is we would have every week for I don't know how long, you know, like it was like I think it was like two hours just to sit down and write processes, right? 
And then after that, that you know, one, two hour session, we would go back and look at what the, each, each person did. So, you know, you would see that there was somebody that would maybe write like five sentences and then they were just stuck. So they probably just were like, they were on Facebook or, you know, they were just, you know, like, like they didn't want to do it, right? Um, so then, and then you have the other person, right? Like who wrote like a super long detailed process. And then you have one that kind of did something like in the middle in terms of quality. Um, and that's okay, right? So, you know, through the feedback, uh, that we would give, for example, you know, the one person who shall not be named, um, <laughs> Rod. We'll <clears throat> um, uh, see him later on. You know, it was just about having, you know, a, a structure, a format, you know, creating a habit, you know, like like any habit, right? You know, you have to work at it. And not you're not going to love every habit, but, you, you know, you have to make time for it, you know, and, and by having those kind of like, process documentation days you know is is how we we, we created the culture and um and, and maybe even once you have them maybe every quarter have that that time frame you don't have to do it every week you know especially you know when you have most of them written down but you know schedule in that time where everybody's forced to to, to analyze everything that you have or write down new processes absolutely Great tips from both of you to kind of make this real life because you deal with this on a daily basis. This isn't something we just pulled out of an encyclopedia that we're sharing with our audience. So overall, folks, we've started off with this format. You know, we started off with three tips to help you get started talking about the differences between documenting processes and creating standard operating procedures. We talked about ways that you can format your SOPs. And of course, we talked about how to actually write one. And hopefully we've given you some real world examples as well that show you how these can work, how these can be implemented into your business. But if you take one thing out of this entire show, the important thing that I think we're telling you is you need to start. And in order to start, it's good to have a guide. So luckily for you, the big gift, the big unveil here at the end, we have a free downloadable guide that you can use today that will show you step-by-step step how to create a standard operating procedure. And we have that for you. If you just click the link in the description below, it is a free download from Risen, a company that's committed to your success. So please take advantage of that free download. And we hope that you will join us for another episode. Every week we're coming out with a new broadcast and we're hoping that you'll click to subscribe to join us. Follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter at Risen Inbound. Thank you so much for joining us for today and we'll see you next week. Rossi Will, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you joining us for this session of Built to Scale. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show and visit www.gorisen.com for more growth resources and access to trainings that will help you quickly scale your services business to new heights. That's www.gorisen.com. Until next time, don't stop, keep building.